When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, you're likely aware of the fact that we're crazy about small, shallow bodies of water, right? I mean, almost every fish geek is like genetically programmed to find virtually any random body of water, you know, irresistible, especially little rivulets, pools, creeks, and forest streams. The kind which have an accumulation of leaves and botanical materials on the bottom, you know, darker waters, submerged branches, all that stuff. You know, the kind where you'll find little fishes. Happily, such habitats exist all over the world, leaving us no shortage of inspiring places to attempt to replicate, like literally everywhere you look. In Africa, for example, many of these little streams and pools are home to some of my favorite fishes, killifish. Of particular interest are the genus, to me at least, are these genus Epiplates. Um, these are little fishes that they're just outstanding at hiding and they're quite adept at navigating and uh, you know, seeking shelter in these little bodies of water with their tangles of roots and submerged vegetation. As I just mentioned, many of these little jungle streams and so forth are shallow bodies of water, cutting gently through accumulations of leaves and forest debris. Many are seasonal. The great Killy documenter and collector, Colonel Jorgen Scheel, precisely described the water conditions found in their habitat as, quote, rather hot, shallow, usually stagnant, and probably soft and acid. Aha, we know this territory, don't we? It's kind of where we play. Maybe not the stagnant part, but the hot, shallow, and, you know, that kind of stuff. I think we do. And understanding that this type of habitat has lots of implications for creating very cool biotope-inspired aquariums is something that we can play with. Why not make them for killifish or other fishes? But killies are interesting. But so, for the most part, these fishes are often found in very shallow jungle streams. Like, how shallow? Well, reports I've seen have stated that they're as shallow as two inches. It's about five centimeters. That's really shallow, like seriously shallow. And quite frankly, I'd call that more of a rivulet than a stream, but whatever. Again, virtually still with a barely perceptible current was one description. Kind of like a, maybe a, not I don't want to say a bowl, but in a small aquarium with no filter. Kind of makes my case, right? Like when you see this small stream overflow at its banks and create a, a smaller body of water, that's the kind of thing that you end up with. What does that mean for those of us who also keep small aquariums? Well, it gives us some inspiration, right? Ideas for aquariums that attempt to replicate and study these compelling shallow environments. Instead of trying to downsize uh, a big, you know, fancy aquascape that you'd want to do in a you know, larger aquarium and doing that in a little nanotank, maybe mimic one of these pint-sized little water bodies of water in the aquarium and replicate that. Now, an important consideration when contemplating a replication like this is to consider just how these little forest streams floor, you know, form. Typically, they're either small tributaries of a larger stream with the path carved out by rain, which is coming down on us right now here in Los Angeles, <laughs> or erosion over time. In other situations, they can simply be the result of an overflowing tributary during the rainy season. And as the waters recede later in the year, they evolve into smaller streams meandering through vegetation. Those little streams really fascinate me. 
these interesting little tributaries are usually shaded by trees at the margins and they're often cut, you know, they cut for many kilometers through dense rainforest. The bottom of these tributaries, typically former forest floors, are often covered with seed pods, twigs, leaves, all that usual stuff that we love, all the botanical material from the vegetation above. And often the water will pool into even smaller bodies of water, almost like puddles. In this world of decomposing leaves, submerged logs, twigs, and seed pods, there's a surprising diversity of life forms which call this milieu home. And each one of these organisms has managed to eke out an existence and thrive, which is really incredible. So-called ephemeral streams typically occur only immediately after rain events, which means they don't usually have fish in them unless they're washed into them for more permanent water courses. But interestingly, those are things that you see form in these habitats as well. Now, I don't expect you to set up a tank with water level that's, you know, two inches deep or whatever, although it would be pretty cool. Uh, for more of us, perhaps, you know, what's more doable is maybe three and a half, four inches, which is about, what, uh, nine to ten centimeters of depth. Something that could work. Yeah, totally doable. There's some pretty small commercial aquariums that aren't much deeper than eight inches, and you could adapt other containers for this purpose, right? I mean, killifish hobbies have been doing this for generations. We could do this type of a setup with some very interesting South American or Asian habitats too, you know, using shallow tanks, deep leaf litter, and even some botanicals for good measure. Replicating those unique habitats creates functionally amazing aquariums too. Those little bodies of water are very productive. One of the more fascinating scientific observations I stumbled upon in recent years concerns the productivity in terms of food sources and so and input, the food inputs, I guess you'd say, uh, in Amazonian streams. And it's long been known by science that the primary production of food in these streams has been our friend Alothonus input, you know, stuff that comes from outside of the aquatic environment, leaves, wood, fruits, blossoms, all that stuff in the surrounding forests. And although there's a lot of stuff in these little streams, biologists traditionally uh, classified these habitats as low in biomass, meaning there wasn't a lot of life in there. However, recent studies of the microfaunal diversity of these streams uh, found that the stream fauna was aggregated in submerged litter and may reach, quote, considerable densities. In other words, it's not all out there swimming in the current or lack of current swimming out there in the open. It's found bound up in leaf litter. It's found in aggregations of twigs, all this kind of stuff. So it suggests that the animal community within the submerged leaf litter banks was found in greater abundance and was of greater importance to the productivity of these waters than previously believed. Voila, even science learns new things now and again. In other words, though, a lot of life and food happens in these little submerged leaf litter beds. They provide both food and shelter, two primary factors affecting population density among fishes, right? If we carry this out to its logical aquarium interpretation, it becomes even more intriguing to contemplate an aquarium with this hardscape, for want of a better word, consisting essentially of leaves. Now, yeah, you've seen us do this before. We've talked about it forever. So like, how about a long, low aquarium? Like the one that comes to mind is the one I've used, the ADA 60F, which has dimensions of 24 inches by 12 inches by seven inches. That's 60 by 30 by 18 centimeters. You would not only fill this tank to a depth of around five inches, it's about 13 centimeters. At the most, you would use a lot of leaves to cover the bottom. We've done this a few times with great success. We've talked about it probably to the point where you want to smack me every time I bring it up. But it's an interesting replication of these very shallow systems. Again, in streams, the primary producers of the food webs that attract our fishes are algae and diatoms, which are typically found on rocks or wood or whatever, or you know, whenever the nutrients are optimum for their growth. Organic material that enters streams by leaf fall is acted upon by our buddies fungi, 
which help break it down. We know this. We've talked about this just recently. That's probably no surprise then that bacteria, especially in biofilms and fungi, are the initially, uh, or excuse me, are the initial uh, consumers of organic materials that accumulate in the bottom of these little environments, like the stuff many of us have learned to loathe over the years. Once again, I'm smacking you with the same thing, aren't I? These in turn are extremely vital to fishes as a food source. Again, nothing new here. We've talked about this for years. Hence, one of the things I love so much about utilizing leaf litter as a big part of your substrate composition in the aquarium is that ability to produce food. Of course, again, we talk about this all the time. And we'll continue to look into more ways to replicate these little shallow habitats using things like leaf litter, twigs, all the botanicals we talk about as a starting point for us to explore in our quest for more functionally aesthetic, more realistic, more interestingly dynamic aquariums that'll provide enjoyment, education, and inspiration for others. I think it's something worth looking at. So if you're, you're stuck trying to figure out what to do with that little tank of yours, try to replicate one of these little tiny environments. Not a downsized version of a big environment, but look at an actual environment, an aquatic environment, that is a small, perhaps even a temporal thing. Look at the dynamics, study the surroundings, how it forms, what fishes live there, what food is available to the fishes, and replicate that. Stay inspired, stay excited, stay created, stay observant, stay resourceful, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.